1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, VGW, void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to your new home for football,
2: where you get real international coverage from real football fans. We're talking Brighton, England. Birmingham, England. London, England. Glasgow, Scotland. Dublin, Ireland, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and St. Louis, Missouri. You'll get coverage from all the big time leagues. Join in on live day match watch Enjoy live football debates. Nothing but all things football. Catch us live 8pm UK time on Thursdays on all major platforms. Or listen to us the next day on the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Football Nation, your home for all things football.
0: Hello, guys. Welcome back to Football Nation, your home of all things football. I'm joined by Chris today. How are you, mate?
2: I'm good. Tired, but good. Still recovering yeah. from transfer deadline day.
0: Yeah, uh, do you want to introduce our guest tonight before we start? Yes,
2: we are tonight joined by the Blues Focus, the, the Birmingham City podcast team. Um, how are we tonight, my man?
3: I'm good, man. It's good to be on. It's really uh, exciting to have a talk about the Blues, really.
2: Yeah. Uh, good stuff. And how are you tonight, John?
0: I am good. Uh, yeah, a bit tired, running around, doing quite a lot today, as you can mm. imagine. But yeah. Uh, looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this podcast. It's going to be a good one. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So uh, obviously we just had the transfer deadline day. So we're doing it slightly differently today. Obviously, normally we'd go through the games, uh, but there was no Premier League games. It was uh, just the cup games As uh, and it was the deadline day. So let's go through what happened on that deadline day. If you catched us on the stream. Uh thanks for jumping in. It was a lot of fun. We've done a nine and a half hour stream for deadline day for the transfer window. It was long. <laughs> uh, especially it was for long.
2: Yeah, especially for me. Thank you very much. Yeah. So yeah. I've been up since half five <laughs> that day. Yeah. So that was fun. But yeah, it was <laughs> it was good. It was all good fun. Yep.
0: Yeah. And let's go into it. Let's see what happened. And um, I'm going to go straight to Chris for the first one. Enzo Fernandez. It went right down to the wire. Uh, Chris was losing his shit on the stream. He was getting a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting a bit nervous. I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Enzo Fernandez, uh, record deal to Chelsea. Uh, over to Chris.
2: Um. Yeah. Soon as I mean, we had kind of Fabrizio Romano on in the background. Soon as he said regarding Enzo Fernandez, here we go. Yeah. It was. I think it was just the kind of the. The relief, basically, because of how long. Because I, I read into it a wee bit, there was there was in talks for twenty hours trying to get that deal done because of how much, obviously, how much money it was going to cost, and obviously with uh, Rui Costa, um, kind of playing, putting up, putting up putting up all the stops to try and stop him from going to Chelsea. But eventually, player power, kind of said, "I'm going. I want to go, I don't want to play for Benfica. I want to play for Chelsea." I think that's when the kind of ball started kind of moving, but for 120 million euros, we're getting, we're getting. I mean, we're getting a World Cup winner, but also we're getting a project start, Starting, you can see, you can see what they're trying to aim for. Kind of young, talented players. You've seen in the kind of transfer window, which Chelsea have bought, which is a lot. I mean, 340 million pound, just in January, 640 million in total. Sorry, sorry, Blues, Blues fans, but <laughs> those are numbers you can dream of at this moment in time. I mean, that's um, the
3: most we've ever tr- made in any sort of transfer window. Just like the entire history of our transfer window, that's. Exactly,
2: is. but yeah, I think Chelsea have got an absolute one, uh, wonder kid. Um, we've seen most, we've seen uh, quite a lot of them during the World Cup, obviously um, with Argentina. And I was kind of looking at his stats; he's top in like passing and the whole. Uh, Portuguese he gets moment time for a long pass and short pass and creativity as well. He's And then obviously losing Jorginho, kind of his place, the kind of, kind of similar kind of player. I think mm. they're getting a bit of an upgrade on Jorginho um, with Enzo Fernandez.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. Amazing World Cup, great player. Um, yeah, really good deal for Chelsea, expensive, but um, they hmm. got their man. Uh, do you have anything to add on it, mate?
3: I think with Enzo Fernandez, he's a player that I probably don't know that much about. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays at Chelsea. I don't know if he's more of an attacking midfielder. I don't know if he's more of a wide man. I don't think he's a striker because when he was playing in the Argentina squad, I think he was playing sort of just behind Messi. Um, but I was excited s- by him.
2: He's like kind of number six, number eight kind of play. can play that See, that kind of attacking midfielder, but he also can play the kind of deeper role that he has hmm. done for um, Benfica more often than not. But for Argentina, like you said, he's been he was put in playing behind Messi, kind of but with the Argentinian squad, you can anyone can play in behind Messi, you can just pass the ball to him and he yeah. put it in the back of the net.
0: Yeah. Uh because it's linked with that transfer, uh, obviously um uh Jorginho to Arsenal on the other way, Actually, uh, obviously with Fernandez going uh, coming in. Uh, Arsenal needed that midfielder to boost their squad for the rest of the season for their title pitch they brought Jorginho in uh, as a Chelsea fan do you think that's a good signing for them uh,
2: Chris? Well hopefully previous um, Chelsea players that went to Arsenal caused them a bit of disruption Gala David Luiz Petr Cech, so hopefully it's <laughs> Asian Jorginho kind of stuffs up their title chances that season but nah, I wish Jorginho all the best It wouldn't he won Chelsea Champions League, won the Super Cup with him. He's Jorginho was a, a class player. Um would will be sadly missed at Chelsea, but he was coming towards his end of his contract. Um and six months or so left in his contract. To get 12 million pounds from him. That's, that's that's a good bit of business from Chelsea, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, I think I think uh, a, a midfield if party's there, a midfielder Jacker and uh Jorginho could
2: be fun. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of pace <laughs> in that midfield um with Jorginho party and yeah, good quality, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh do you have anything to add on that, mate, before we move Interestingly, on?
3: Interestingly that you bring that up actually, because like I quite like a more technical player than I do a good speedy player, really. Mm-hmm. I think the only way I would want some speed really is up front. I can handle a quite a slower midfielder or maybe a, a defensive line or whatever. I think the technical aspect of football really needs to come back to that sort of because there's a lot of speed and power in players nowadays. I feel like yeah. players like Jorginho, when you see him play, and I mean, like Argentina goal, they score in that World Cup final, the second goal, it's just absolutely incredible. It starts all the way back, move it all the way forward and they score from it and Di Maria puts it in the back of the net and just think like that's that's proper football that is. Yeah, like, I understand like Mbappe is like, powerful and speedy you know he's got an amazing shot on him and he's a fantastic player yeah but i just appreciate the technique and the skill of most players much more than that so i feel like with arsenal bringing in Jorginho, i think that's a nice addition to them because it gives them a bit more i think a bit more stability in there as well because he's a you know he's a european uh yeah. championship winner as well with italy
2: yeah he's a he's a good experience i mean there's not there wasn't a lot of experience in that midfield and now with mm-hmm. obviously like you said kind of Title like kind of winning trophies, it gives them a wee bit more of a winning mentality in that midfield as well. Because there's not a, like like we said, there's not a lot of experienced kind of winners in that uh, Arsenal team at all. So you might give them that kind of push to maybe mm. do do more. Basically, hopefully not. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously with that deal happening as well, conga went to Palace. That's an interesting deal for them. I thought that was I thought that was a surprise. Um, I thought they might. Have kept him, but um, uh, there was f- rumors it was going to be a permanent deal, but it is a loan. Um, I think Monaco did go in with a permanent deal, but he turned them down and then he went yeah. on loan to Paris.
2: I think after watching, I don't know if he's boasting at the Manchester City game against Arsenal, um, <laughs> after the goal, I think Shaka and somebody else had a proper goal at La Conga, but they not tracking the run for um, Aki. He just kind of, he kind of done a little dance in the, in the penalty box and didn't pick him up. And then yeah. next thing, it's in the back of the net. So then maybe yeah. something's gone on. And Arteta's like, right, you're not good enough to play in this team at this moment in time. I'm going to take you out of the firing line and get you, maybe get you some game time somewhere else in the Premier League to maybe build your confidence up and get you more consistent to kind of maybe match in the kind of Premier League standing.
0: I think it's a perfect place for him to go as well, obviously mm. under the yeah. under the Vieira. I think I think he can really get something out of him. So it'd be interesting to see in the next half of the season. Uh next player we had was a surprise. Um originally it rumoured in the in the morning that he was alone, but Spurs terminated his contract and that was Matt Doherty, leaving Spurs to Atletico Madrid. Um what did you guys think of this?
3: I don't know, actually. He's obviously not been the player that they wanted to replace him with, is he? Because they lost Trippier to Madrid Atletico. um, And they thought they could get that with Doherty. Um, But, you know, I don't know. With that Wolves team that they had in that, I can't remember what season it is exactly now. I think it's the 2020 season that they were in the Europa League.
2: Yeah, 2019-2020 season, I think. Yeah.
3: They were a a decent squad at that time. You know, they had Traore, they had... um, Who's the Mexican striker they had?
2: Jimenez. Jimenez,
3: Jimenez, that's his name, yes. Um, I think, though, that it's always a gamble when you buy those players, uh, particularly thinking from, like, um, (laughs) well, the team that we once were about 10 years ago and knowing that (laughs) the players we could have produced. um, Was that Matt Doherty probably can't be at the level that Spurs want to be at um, because, obviously, they want to push for the top four nowadays. Matt Doherty, you know, he wasn't in that... um, sort of category to be in there. Neither is trial or rail. And Jimenez, ever since he had that injury, it's just not been the same, really. So I feel yeah. like he's one of those players, really, that he took a gamble on and it's not come off well. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. I don't think he's a bad footballer. He's just not up to the standards that they wanted to him, him to be. And maybe he could find a new um, maybe he could find his way at Atletico in a different country, different league, different experience for him. Might, um might open his eyes up to something different.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I think it would be be interesting to watch that one. I think it could be a a free transfer, so they've got nothing to lose. Um, Yeah. Uh, Next, uh, I know this one annoyed (laughs) Chris. Yeah. So uh, doing a live stream, it's all going well. He's signing Fernandez. Ziyech is leaving. We all know Chris hates. Uh, And then Chelsea don't send the right paperwork to to, uh, Paris (laughs) to complete the deal for (laughs) Ziyech. PSG are not happy at all.
2: PH um, you're not happy how do you think I
3: feel?
2: You <laughs> 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 thinks what about, what about me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> think about Chris is failing, everybody. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> exactly.
2: I mean I mean these things these things have happened in the past. Um but from what I read, um, I kind of said off off, uh, off stream as well that it was the Chelsea setting the wrong paperwork three times from what I read. Which in a way is a bit embarrassing, but I That's think a that t- we do. <laughs> but I think at, at that moment in time, I think Mister Bowie and the Chelsea hierarchy are a wee bit more bigger fist to fry than Hakim Ziyech going out and loan. So, but I can, un- as a as a as a football fan, I feel sorry for. Um, yeah. Feel sorry for Ziyech because he wants more game time. He wants to. Be playing football and wants to be wants to be loved and yes boom I had the bags I was literally literally <laughs> driving them to the uh, Paris Saint Germain's training grounds. That's, no. what, that's That's why I left off stream. I went to my bed. I was getting getting myself ready to go to London, pack his things, and get him on up, get him over to uh, get him over to Paris. Bye. But, yeah. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Don't, don't hit your ass <laughs> in the way, <buddy. laughs> but yeah. like I said, I feel sorry for him. But these things of football have happened, as we said before. The David De hair move to Real Madrid's. That kind of the the dodgy fax machine. Um, I feel sorry for Ziyech because he's I mean Potter came out and said today he's trained today he's in good spirits he's here to help until the, the end of the season and then we'll reassess it in, in the summer what happens with him but mm. I don't think he'll get his move to PSG because apparently PSG and Chelsea are no longer in talking terms the dummy yeah, has been spat hey, out
0: I heard about this PSG I did say hey PSG I'm really really not happy with Chelsea yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um so uh, yeah no mbappe to chelsea <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't <want him>
2: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not one anyway good enough <laughs>
0: uh yeah uh, what did you think of that collapsed deal on deadline day there's always a
3: bit of drama yeah there's always a bit of drama even if there's not entirely much happening obviously there wasn't a big move this transfer window um there hasn't been one for a while I don't think I think the last big transfer window probably was in 2017 perhaps really with like Neymar and Mbappe going to PSG like that was Mm -hmm. like thrilling to watch that was but yeah there's always mishaps um mistakes with all that sort of stuff you know like I don't understand how you can send the wrong paperwork three times, like surely after the first one you go, right, okay, let me go and find the right file for this. Second time, all right, now you need to really look easy. Right, third time, right, we've definitely got to get it right this time. Third time, no, it's still wrong. It,
0: it reminds me the season before we signed Ander Herrera, mm. and we and so-called agents from Manchester United landed in Bilbao, and it turned yeah. out it was, it was just some random people at an office in Bilbao. <laughs> this is no-
2: <laughs>
3: mental. Absolutely. It is mental. Weird, isn't it? Uh,
2: but in this day and age, like you said, what what's what's right? So if they're still using a so-called fax machine, why not send things about email? I mean, it's quicker. <laughs> Come on, just send it quicker. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Control-A, that selects all the text, then copy exactly. and paste it into an exactly. email, done. I
2: mean, they must be using carrier pigeon or something like that to maybe get lost <laughs> three times.
3: Well, did the pigeon get shot or something? I don't
2: know. Yeah, well, over, over French waters, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's, someone's having a nice, nice bit of pigeon for their dinner tonight. Yeah. Uh, the
0: next one uh went through all window. It was... Dragging on all window, but uh, obviously with Matt Doherty going to Atletico Madrid, they needed a right back. Uh, even though they've had right back after right back, they signed um, Spence, who's now gone on loan. Um, they signed the uh, what's the name from Barcelona as well uh, in the summer uh Royale, that's not worked out. So they've got another right back in, uh, <laughs> and now they've gone to <laughs> now they've gone to Portugal and and got Pedro Pero, formerly of Man City. Um, uh. So yeah, what do we think of this deal?
3: I actually don't know who he is. To be quite honest, I really don't.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about him. I've heard he's having he had a good season in sport. He's been having a good season in Sporting. He used to play. Uh, play for City and then uh, they sold him. I think they had a buyback clause in him, but they didn't activate it. Um, so, yeah. What do you think of Poro to P-
2: Spurs? Um, well, again, I'm not too much. I'm not too sure about him because obviously plays for and Lisbon. But there was a wee bit of so and so. I would talk about Matt Doherty and Pedro Poro. So the reason why this one was kind of more interesting. So. Spurs had used up all their loans for that yeah. window, so they had Kulisevsky. Um, who's the striker that they've got? Um, Kulusevsky, they've got, or Longley, they've got, and they have got a couple of others on loan, so that's why they had to cancel Matt Doherty's can- contract because Poro's yeah. only in on loan with an with obligation to buy in the summer. Yeah. I felt well, we expected to all go smoothly, so that's why. This one's a wee bit more complicated. That's why it never went mm. through until I think you know, it I was just coming up to the win, uh, window close. That's when it kind of got really announced yeah. But it'll be interesting because, like you said, they've signed Emerson Royal. They've signed Matt Doherty. They're trying to find someone to replace Kieran Tripper who they haven't done for what's that—four yeah. or five years now, mm. which. Yeah. I mean, Trippy is a fantastic player. To it's hard, it'll be, it will be hard to replace him because he is, he has he was quality. and we have seen mm. that at Newcastle as well. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he how he, how he copes with the the pace of the Premier League because not a lot of players have um, yeah. done well since from coming from coming over from the continent, just the continent yeah. in general. Yeah,
0: it will be an interesting one. Um, yeah, I don't have much to add on that. But uh, on Spurs, uh, we did want to give uh, best wishes to Conte, who um, will be out for the uh, seeable future. He is happy to have into operation. So his assistant manager has took charge of Spurs for the seeable future. We don't know how long it's going to be yet. Um, yeah, we, we everyone at Football Nation wishes him a speedy recovery. And, uh, yeah, uh, next we had uh, our boys. Uh Obviously with the uh, injury to Ericsson uh uh on that horrendous tackle by uh, Andy Great Carroll challenge. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Proper old school
0: challenge <laughs> <laughs> Andy Carroll going in hard on Ericsson. Uh, yes, he's, that's now out. On. he's now going he's now out for three months. Uh, so we went into the window, we were asking for midfielders and we got a decent deal. Um for for a panic buy, uh, it's someone that we've been scouting for years. He's been linked with us for years. We were close to bringing him. We were talk. we in talks with him when he went to Bayern. Um, yeah, sabitza I'm really happy with it. I've always rated him as a player. Um, did great job at RB Leipzig before he went to Bayern. It was obviously, it fell through a bit at Bayern, but he had he had um, a lot of competition there. Their midfield at Bayern is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy with that. He can cover, he can play DM, attack in midfield, he can play our wide. So very versatile player as well. So I'm really happy with the deal. Um, it's just a straight loan. Um, there was rumours at the start of the day it was going to be a loan with an obligation to buy, but it's a loan and then we'll assess it in the summer. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy. What do you think, guys? I know, I know Boom's happy as well.
2: <laughs> um, with some I think... <laughs> We've kind of said this before. We're going about other players. It's how, how they, how the, how the German kind of, the German players or German Bundesliga players come over to to England as well. How they're going to settle because the Bundesliga. I mean, it's got two or three teams that can win the league, whereas in England you've got six, seven teams that can probably win the league. It's more competitive, so there's more of a competitive edge than in, in than in Germany. So it'll be interesting to see how kind can adapt. I mean, it's, like we said, it's a six-month loan deal. A lot of players take a while to adapt to the kind of pace of the league. So, for Manchester United fans' sake, we hope kind uh, of maybe adapt quicker than some people. But I think, it, like you said, for a party buy, well, for a for a guy who for a team that needed a midfielder, they've got a good. They have got a good midfielder.
0: Yeah, I, I, last minute, and because obviously we weren't going to go and spend or do a permanent deal because the Glazers just don't want to put their money in the pocket with the imminent sale. And we spoke about that last week. So I think for the club who's just getting loan deals in this window, I, I don't think we could have done any better than what we've done. So I'm happy. Um, what do you think, mate?
3: I think considering how chaotic some of the Man United transfers have been over the last few years, I think that one's a decent one because obviously there's been some great signings in terms of like some of the players for what they were worth when they first arrived. Like Bruno Fernandes, his first few games when he arrived at Man United, he was absolutely on fire. You couldn't stop him. Um, as well, like you've got some of the players like Anthony's first few games at you United, know, pretty decent. But I think you've come away from the days now of finding players like Falcao and Di Maria and them mm. just not performing. <laughs> I feel like I can see Zabitza coming in and doing a decent job because, I mean, I remember him most. Was he at Leipzig? I think that's the yeah, place yeah, where yeah, I remember was him like, most. Yeah. Uh, he was amazing for those. I can really remember that. Um, with Werner up front, when he was actually a decent striker before he went to Chelsea. Um, hey, he, he done
2: okay at Chelsea. So, <laughs> he, went, he went Chelsea to Champions League, virtually. I uh, him in Alberts. <laughs> So, how many? Yeah.
3: How many chances did he miss in that first half in that Champions
2: League final? <laughs> <laughs> um, at least, at least Chelsea got to touch Champions League final. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <at all>, <laughs> i joking. joking. <laughs> got to be nice of the guess. Got to be nice of the guess. <laughs> um,
3: oh, brilliant!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: As I say, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. I know Boom's happy. Uh, let, let us know what you think in the comments. We are live on Twitch. And Facebook, and then you'll catch us on YouTube and audio platforms tomorrow. So make sure you subscribe, drop a like. Um, So, yeah, uh, next we had Everton, 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 Everton. (laughs) What can you say about the disaster that is Everton?
2: I mean, we must. We, is, it, is it a disaster episode? Because we're talking about Everton, and now we're going to be talking about Birmingham. City.
3: What is? <laughs> must be something to do with the Blues. The two terrible Blue teams are the biggest cities yeah, in the UK. <laughs>
2: definitely. I mean, obviously today we had the news about Andre Ayou turning down Everton to go to New uh, to go to Nottingham Forest to make them the thirtieth 30th, the 30th signing of this of this year. I mean, wow, that's just bonkers. It's
0: twenty seventeen. Stat here I just read before we went live since 2017, uh, f- uh, Leicester have had the same amount of players in as Forest have had in the last year about well, the last six months.
2: <laughs> God, <is> so <laughs> but so, going back to going back to Everton, they are they are they are going to struggle to survive. I know sunday's is a good manager, but. There's only so much magic a man can work. That's he's not got much to work with at that, that team. They've got a a striker who's badly out of form in calvert Lewin. They've got a defence who is woeful. I mean, Michael Keane is was a good, was a good uh, good defender. Don't know what's happened to him. Yerry Mina was once in Barcelona's books for some odd strange reason. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: I think I think Sean Dyche could get a, a tune out of Calvert Lewin and get him back to his form, but it's, that's not. I don't worry about. I wouldn't worry about Calvert. I would worry about the assist. Like I, I don't know who's for Sean Dice football. obviously, it's a four four two system. Um, I don't know where you're getting that crosses into the box for. A, even if Calvert Lewin starts to pick up form, I don't know where he's getting I mean. that. That ball in from
2: the only one that I can see coming from the right hand side, and I'm a little bit biased here because he's Scottish is Nathan <laughs> Patterson. Um who is a fantastic young prospect for um for Everton and came from Rangers, went to Everton, done done very well so far. Obviously picked up a few injuries here and there, but he's a young kid still. Um but the left sorry, the, the kind of wire situation. Obviously, losing Anthony Gordon to to Newcastle was a bit of a blow, but obviously he didn't want to be there. I mean, if you if you're Anthony Gordon, you you want to try and progress your career, not stagnate and possibly going to get relegated really to the Championship. Mm-hmm. So, but there's they've got they've got decent players. They're just not getting any luck at all. I mean, I feel sorry for Frank Lampard. He was, I mean, his hands were tied. From this season, with regards to the ownership, the way the club's been run, I mean, the fans, the fans back, back them to the house, but that that can only do so much. It
0: started to get very ugly. Yeah, I mean, fans
2: fighting, well, fans confronting Yeri who doesn't speak a word of English, um, in the middle of Fan,
0: banners it? outside of um, yeah, uh, Everton's uh, stadium and training yeah. ground and.
2: Yeah, it's got to be very ugly there. Um, I, mean, I don't know about yourself, how 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 would you see it from a, from the Birmingham side of things? Do you think you can feel that kind of a bit of pain? They're their pain as well, don't you?
3: Yeah, I think what Everton are going through is quite recent. So I imagine like what they're feeling at the moment is with like the Indian relegation scraps. They've never been relegated from the Premier League or the first yeah. division. I'm pretty sure there's not the first division. Um they're they're a club that is um very big you know that you gotta look at their history in order to see like the tradition and their heritage that they bring and they've got like such pride as well so when a team that you feel like are coming in like you know prancing about the place and not putting in the proper performance it frustrates you and it frustrates the life out of you. really when you see players you think they're bigger than the club um that's always like a massive issue but I feel like Everton will get over this just because they're in the Premier League still I feel like that is why they have to stay up. They go down, they could be in all sorts of trouble. Like, is that championship is? It's hard. It's not an easy. You've got
0: stadium coming as well. Spent Mm. so much on that brand new stadium. They shouldn't
3: have. They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have gone ahead with so many things. Like they had this big idea, and it's all great having great ideas and being expansive and wanting to go ahead with things and want to make a better brand for yourself. But you've got to have stability, and you've got to have those step forwards. Because they went wrong with Rafa Benitez and players they brought in like James Rodriguez earlier in the season. You know, they just, they had to get those things solidified. Like they had to be finishing like sixth or something in the Mm. Premier League, season in, season out. Not like up and down here and there. Because like even in 2016, I'm pretty sure when they had Lukaku, they finished like 15th or something like that. And then the next season they finished like 7th. Then the season, they're back down the bottom again. They need like that solid stake. Because Spurs, for example, were finishing just outside the um, Premier League top four at the moment. Like ten years ago, they were probably finishing about ninth. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the sort of difference with like where they are now. That's why they can create a new stadium because they've got that interest now. They have finished second in the Premier League a couple of times. They made the Champions League final. They've got some attractive players like Kane and Son. Not with Everton. You go to watch an Everton game, you think. Everton or Spurs for a tourist coming to this country, you go "Mm, maybe Spurs. I'll go watch them. You know, that's the sort of you got to have that stability first. And I'll probably be mentioning that word a lot in the uh, (laughs) talk about Blues. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think if there's one man, if I was picking a man though who could save him, it would be Sean Dyche because Mm. I think a lot, even Everton fans. I've seen like a guy I know on Facebook. um, I used to play FM with him, and he's like. And he was going on about, he was really unhappy about the Sean Dice appointment and all that. But I think, really? yeah, if I, I, I don't think, I can't think of another appointment who suits what where they are now. Any like what he'd done at Burnley is so underrated with the budget they had in the worst budget in Premier League history to keep him up for so long twice, not once. He, he did it, he, he came back up and then did it again. Um, and
2: then also get him to Europe as well.
0: Get him into Europe as well. So, it's like I think so underrated what he done there on that budget. Um I think and if they do stay up and maybe new owners do come in and back him, you never know what could happen there.
2: Yeah. I mean well can I I think we'll talk more about this uh, <laughs> into the two seconds, I'll thumb in my camera a minute, two seconds. Um yeah, so to like can I talk about the there we go. Uh, to talk about the Everton situation, it is going to be one of those ones. You're like, um, who comes in? Who buy, who buy, Who pays £500 million for Everton? That's what Ferran Moshiri said he wants for the club. I mean, hmm. we're in a kind of bit of a turmoil. I mean, okay, we've seen Chelsea getting bought for £4.6 billion. Manchester United up for sale for the exact same kind of price as well. But... Who's gonna? Who's what is what's so attractive to Everton to say? All right, they've they've got they're not gonna get Champions League football for next five six seven years if they're gonna mm. get relegated. Because, like you said, that, that championship is so cutthroat. You've seen teams. Mm. you I mean, look. I mean, take for instance Leeds. For instance, they went down to League Two, so League One, so yeah. I say, and then struggled in the Championship. Now they're back up with say good owners,
0: Forest. Yeah, is um birmingham
3: another one I'm Birmingham, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah literally yeah there's a great example actually that um 2019 playoff final it's villa and derby and whoever got promoted pretty much would have been like they're saved pretty much you look at the two now like you've got villa in the premier league they're financially stable stable now you look at derby on the other end they didn't go up. villa won that playoff final which annoyed me anyway because i've <laughs> and they went on that mad run. for They won like twelve games. <laughs> they went from thirteenth to fifth yep. in like a s- space of a couple of months. I'm like, you lucky! No, <laughs> and so then Derby go into the playoffs. They they were lucky to get to that final anyway. Leeds should have realistically played them. I think Leeds have beaten them. They'd have got from through yeah. as well. But then Derby don't get they, they don't get into the Premier League. And you look at them now; they're in League One. Like if that had been Villa and Derby had gone up, Villa would have been in exactly the same position. And that can be with Everton; they don't go up in those three years you know three seasons they've got parachute payments for they it, it could be all over for them you know that yeah. there is no telling for what that happens because you've that so much debt already yeah, i mean we're right. in a, a lot of debt like everton is a premier league club because of those ambitions they went for and obviously it's not paid off like they get relegated don't go back in the next three seasons they could be in the same situation as derby that is how cutthroat football business is nowadays exactly yeah.
2: I mean, it's yeah. a shame, but like you say, because Everton have not been relegated. They're one, of the, they're one of the founding members of the Premier League and they've never they never been relegated, but they are in serious danger. And without them adding, the lo- they've lost players. Without them mm. adding to that squad, I just don't see any way back for them. It's sad, but I think they, they could be one of the big, the first big name to get relegated for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: since like Leeds, yeah.
2: Yeah. Leeds, I mean, even They're even Dummage, even Newcastle and uh, Southampton mm-hmm. as well. Like when they went down as well, but they they again Southampton they found a way to to get get youth players like like mm-hmm. uh, some Walcott, Ockley Chamberlain, all those kind of young young English players. That's what Everton should be looking at. Instead of going out buying, he like said James Rodriguez, Lukaku, yeah. um, you know, okay, James Tarkovsky is a good centre back. But like players like Yerimina, I mean, why? Hmm. Just their 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 whole transfer I'm sh- ethos was terrible. I'm sad it didn't go through.
0: That was they uh, they bid on deadline day for Saar at Watford. Yeah, I think that be would Saar. have been a that yeah. would have been a really good signing for them. Um, and there was another guy they bid for as well, another winger. Um, they were looking for wingers all day, but um, I think Saar would have been such a good signing for them. Conor Gallagher, yeah. they
2: bid forty-five million for Connor Gallagher for Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. said Chelsea accepted it, but Connor Gallagher said no. So,
3: yeah.
2: but yeah, tough.
3: very tough.
2: So. so, shall we go into our main topic tonight? Um, are you yeah. ready? <laughs> no.
3: to
1: the <laughs> so
2: tonight's so I'll kind of introduce it. So tonight's main topic, as we are, um, it's a city. As been said, I also said, like, no, said to yeah. Everton. So it is a City feeling the Blues at this moment. So for one, Blues, as we're talking about Everton, to Birmingham City. And I'm sorry to just, uh, put you through a wee bit more <laughs> depression on this <laughs> Thursday night, but yeah. So my first kind of question for you, my man, is how have Birmingham City gone from winning the League Cup to the state they are in right now?
3: Yeah, it's a big time frame. It's... um well things certainly have declined since that day 12 years ago in february um i was there actually uh, with my mom dad and my brother uh and it was it was an incredibly emotional day for everyone uh, even me you know i was 8 years old at the time um i don't particularly remember much from the day um yeah. but i do remember like that wave of shock relief everything when that final whistle went
2: the
3: rem- Martins <laughs> It was it was a remarkable achievement. Um, it felt like that this was the new Blues. Now, I mean, like we go back to Everton; they haven't won anything for a while. Like Thirty 80, years, I think.
2: eighty odd? I think it's eighty yeah.
3: nine. It's a, a long, long time I was, ago. Yeah, mm. I think it was. I mean, like we've won something in that time, and that's why. I mean, Wigan will feel this as well. That when they got relegated after they won the FA Cup that it, it just felt like this was going to be us now. We're going to be a strong Premier League side. Um, you know, we'd finished ninth the season before um, and and we'd gone on, well like 12 games? We'd gone on without losing a game in that season. Like We were absolutely unstoppable at times. So we were fantastic, finishing ninth. And then the year later, we win the Carlin Cup. Um, had a place in Europe the following season as well. Mm. It was a great time for the club, it really was. Uh, but we went down that season mainly because I think we just sort of Filtered out towards the end of the season. We just we didn't have the players for it. A lot of our key players got injured after that. Nikola Zigic never played afterwards. Never played for us in that league afterwards. Um, a lot of injuries really didn't help. And I think had they have been fit, we wouldn't have been in that scrap at all. Yeah, we'd have been in the Premier League, um, and we wouldn't have had to have that crazy season next season when we had about sixty games in that one season where we had Hughton as manager. We played forty six Championship games. I think it was about, because we had two qualifying games against National and the Europa League to get into that. And then we had three, so six games in the Europa League. We also had a long FA Cup run as well. We got to the, uh, I think it was the sixth round of the FA Cup against Chelsea yeah. and we lost the way. We had a replay in that as well. It was roughly about 60 yeah, games. Yeah. So- we absolutely we were amazing that season like the form we were in some of the players like chris burke was absolutely sensational that season for us we had nathan redmond coming through amazing young talents. we had zigich up front adam rooney as well he was a name from the past <laughs> um and considering we had like a shoestring budget we were absolutely fantastic and the club was falling apart we had this x-step brand that was sponsoring the kit. the kits didn't arrived for like a half a year for the fans, so we nobody had like the new kit in the stadium. Everybody was wearing like the nineties kits, which is like the ones I'm wearing behind. My wall. Yeah, um, you know, like we done amazingly, but it kind of felt like if we didn't get promoted that season, then we'd be in the in the rust really. Because and we were, because we made the playoffs, we finished fourth. All of our players got really tired towards the end of that season. We lost the Blackpool in the semi-finals and. Ever since then, it's been just sort of the same, really. I mean, like we've had a couple of seasons where we've looked all right, you know, under like uh, Rowett and Monk. I think Gary Monk was the last manager that really could have looked to have redeveloped the club into like being a, at least a competitive team because we were for a good period of that season in the 18, 19 season. Um, you know, we were sixth, I think, at once at one point. And we were doing really well. We were above Villa for the majority of the season. You know, doing really well, got a lot of good players. Chay Adams scored 22 goals that season. Lukas Djukovic scored about 19, I think. You know, we were a proper informed side, but obviously because of the stuff off the pitch as well, then that wasn't helping. So we got post yeah. for that. Um It was sort of more of a sign for things to come, really, rather than the turnaround. That was the disappointing realisation when he got sacked. Because I think th- I, I don't know too much about the whole topic, really. Because well, mostly at the time when he did get sacked, it was more or less crying in a dark room with a box of chocolates, really, <laughs> rather than rather than reading like up on why been sacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get over my depression. Because <laughs> like the season after, it was a decent season. You know, we didn't do too badly. I mean, the end of yeah. the season was what made us finish so badly. But Pep Clatter, who was a good coach, he worked with Gary Monk in that season. You got a lot of players. To uh, their full potential. I mean, he bought Gary Gardner, who was realistically like for Villa, he'd never really done anything. I mean, aside from score against us and run the whole length of the pitch and start celebrating with the Villa fans. <laughs> and now, and now he's did. our, and now he's our main midfielder, saying that he's a Blues fan. I'm like, really. really? <laughs> Just like, Would was, fans really do that? I was just like <laughs> Ashley Cole when he
2: went, when he's seen for Chelsea. He's like, oh, I'm not a Chelsea fan. So, really, Ashley? Really? <laughs> really?
3: You don't have to be. You can't say you're not and just playing for the fucking club. <laughs> exactly. I just felt like, though, that season could have been the turning points, you know. And well, I mean, we went on a terrible run of form that season as well. We are on a bit of a bad run of form at the moment, but it just felt like something was happening again. Like, we had Gary Rowitz, but we hadn't hit the same form as we did when... We were under route than we did with Monk because obviously he has like proper championship experience as manager. He's been with the Leeds, he's been with Borough. You know, he's been like a proper manager with these clubs. He knows how yeah. to turn them around. He's really got them working hard. He kept us up on the last day against Fulham. It was an amazing day. It was proper hot, proper sunny. We beat them three to one. I mean, they have got promoted through the championship playoffs and they beat the Villa in the final as well. So that was fantastic. I mean, like, had, I mean, we, had are we lost that be game?
2: A bit, are we a bit more sweeter, I, a bit. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was fantastic.
3: It was fun. Uh, honestly, because I was, I was like, that season, Fulham and Derby played each other in the semi-finals. I was just like wanting Derby to win so badly because I knew that Fulham were just going to lose against them. And then literally, I couldn't watch the actual player final game. And then I, I'm reading it on like the BBC Live pop-up yeah. text and see that Tom Cairney scored. I'm like, oh my God, get in! So literally... I, I was yeah, like I heart know, beating, was beating out my face gold. throughout the whole day. Yeah, I remember <laughs> it was an at Wondergoal. I just oh, and then obviously <laughs> they get promoted the next season after we've had a pretty decent season. It's just like typical, absolutely <laughs> typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were good times to be honest. They were like the best times since that Europa League season, really. Because yeah. since then it's just been like bottom of the table and then survive on the last day of season. This and then finally to have like a proper you know, push for at least a good period of the season. It was like, oh God, we're actually going to, we're going to be at least competitive. No, we're not going to be competitive. Nah. <laughs> since 2017, we haven't finished above 17th and we haven't been relegated. So we've been in between 17th and 21st for those, what, six, years? Six years, is six it? years, yeah. So it's... We are literally going nowhere. That's the thing. That's the. It's not yeah. going nowhere. Can be defined as like, oh, we're just like going. We're going to get relegated. All hell's going to break loose. That, that's not what that means. Like we're in the same situation as Everton are. Really, like we're not going anywhere. You know, we're not going down. We're not going up the table. We're just in the same position. Where Nottingham Forest were in it for a good period of time. I mean, they had a couple of yeah. seasons where they finished around the, around the um, playoffs and that. But like they were, they probably had the same situation. But like with them, it's like. It always feels with us like whenever anything good happens to us, like we have like the worst possible thing ever happened to us. It's like you win the Carling Cup, right, you're going to get relegated, right, you're then going to be in the Europa League and you have a chance to be back in the Premier League. But because you played this many games, you can't because your players are all shattered. So then you can't <laughs> beat Blackpool of all teams to go back into the Premier yeah. League. And then you're going to have 10 years of absolute nothingness. And then decay, stadium close, £175 million in debt for the owners. You know, it's just absolutely... Nothing worse could have come from this really in this last twelve years since we last won the since we won the Carlin Cup. <laughs> so uh, yeah.
2: that's what I was gonna ask. Do you think the Carlin Cup is actually hampered you in a way for winning that? They've kind of just like kind of right, you have, we've won some silverware, mm. but that's just giving us some bad, bad stuff happened to us since <laughs> I'm like, can we just sell the Carlin Cup and give it back, give it
3: back <laughs> <in> this <box? laughs> I'd be amazed to look at like a parallel universe and see what we'd have done had we had stayed up that season because I would be really fascinated to see that because obviously Carson Young obviously would have still been caught out for being um, a drug, uh, no, money launderer, not drug launderer, that's not he probably did drill, deal in drugs. No, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, I didn't say that. <laughs> where, where did that where did that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, in terms of like, you know, he, he, he got caught and then that's why we had no money to spend in the Championship as well. But I feel like had we been in the Premier League, somebody would have still been interested in us to come and buy us, really. And that would yeah. have bought us yeah. out of the situation, which is the situation we're in now, because nobody wants to come buy us. Nobody wants to pay £175 billion for okay. a club that's going nowhere.
0: I think that's the perfect segue into our next question, which we got down here. And um, What is the main issues with the current um, ownership of the club?
2: and now remember keep keep, keep, <laughs> keep it, keep it, nice
3: it and, uh, keep it no liable things said yeah, no liable
1: things.
3: <laughs> well yeah i'm definitely not in the know but someone who is is um, someone called daniel ivory he goes by the name of al Magier, uh, on his socials and on his websites he's an incredible guy you should really go and have a look at some of his work it's like some of the stuff he writes about is like proper amazing stuff to read about really but in my opinion the just from being like around the club for such a long time and being a proper fan of the club and reading journalists like Daniel Ivory, um, the biggest issue really is that they're no longer investing in the club. You know they have, um, but they they're not anymore, and that's evident by the fact that the lower Cop and Hilton stands are closed. Um, they've just refused to fix them really because they just can't be asked for the club anymore. Yeah. Um, and you know that it's it's because they've wasted that money before on, you know they've been naive with people uh like rednap and um uh people like solar as well they got the wrong people in really you know they didn't need to they they tried to go for John Terry um with Harry Redknapp. They didn't get him so they spent probably the same amount of money on their third choice options. We spent about 30 million pounds in 2017. Uh I don't think I think three of those players are still ours. We bought we've bought about 12 players um so that definitely amasses to the 175 million that we have in debt. Um. Yeah, it's just if they're not going to invest in the club anymore, though, they should sell up and leave. You know, that's the thing, really, because that that's what we're trying to do at the moment with our protests. Because, you know, like, you know, we've had owners before where they've not been the best, really. But if they're not going to invest, leave. You've got no issue here. You've got no things here. But the only reason they don't want to sell is because obviously because they're hundred fifty million pound in debt, so they want to get that money back. Money, Money back. Yeah, exactly. And they want. The money from Jude Bellingham, because they made him into a professional during his time here, Um, and I think we'll get about 25% of that fee back. So if he goes for 200 million, he'll go for what? We'll get 25%? 25%. 50 50 million, is it? Yeah, yeah. So So that's, yeah, yeah, depending on certain things here and there with agents and that, yeah. I, I think that's if he goes to an English club. I think if he goes to a foreign club, we'll get 5% back. I think that's what I read. So, hoping he goes to Man City in the summer, really. Or Liverpool. Um, yeah, one Liverpool. of
1: those. <laughs> Ends up with <laughs> <a> <laughs>
2: Chelsea, another multi-billion pound sale. <laughs> uh, aye. but So, that kind of, that kind of leads me into this one. So, you kind of talked about the managers there. So, I kind of jumped one question, but, mm. is a high turnover manager a cause of concern? I mean, like, like you said, you've had nine managers since Steve Cottrell took over as a club and then you've kind yeah. of got you've went manager, your manager there
3: yeah, it's definitely nine managers. I don't think it's since Steve Cottrell, I think it's since Gary Rowis. I think it's sorry. Yeah. yeah. So that he left in twenty six well, he got sacked in twenty sixteen because he didn't renew he didn't want to renew his contract at the end of the season. Yeah. So rather than doing the smart thing and just running down his contract and then finding a new manager in that time, they went, No, let's sack him now and let's get somebody else in halfway through the season with a completely different team. We brought in Jan Zola, who probably could have done a decent job for us had he had a transfer window. Yeah. But and then it was all too late then. And then, so we got rid of Zola then. So those are the two managers there. We then brought in Harry Vednap to try and get that sort of, I don't know, club philosophy back maybe, or trying to get he players last who last, like, were just...
2: like three months or something like that or
3: something. Uh... He came in April, I want to say, and left in about August or September, sort of time. So that's like five months, I think five it is. Five months. To... Yeah, it was a bad move. It felt like a bad move at the time, really, because it was like. We bought in Harry Redknapp. Obviously, he's not been in the job really since when he was last at QPR, I think it is, mm. and he's probably got he's obviously got a bit of rust really from not being in a position like that for a long time. I think he had some health issues at the time as well, so he's I don't he was never really fully in with the job. I think as soon as we didn't get John Terry, and he went to the Villa. I felt like his heart really wasn't in it. It felt like we were just sort of coasting along. Really, we bought some players who just weren't the players we needed really we brought in carl jenkinson who maybe 10 years ago would have been like an interesting player to have course you know <laughs> young, young young right back bought cohen bramall as well and jotter and harley dean you know they were decent players but they they didn't mold with the team that we had at the time and his sort of justification with that at the time was that you can't keep on playing the same team that have been in relegation scraps for the last three seasons and i was like that makes yeah. sense but you then can't buy players who are also in relegation scraps, like Carl Jenkinson and Jota, and those type of players. You know, like you've got to have like a player who like top of the league type players, or players coming down from the Premier League. You know, like yeah, th- those type of players would work. That's why John Terry would have been like the guy to have bought in. But obviously, he went to Villa because there's more stability at Villa, even though that pains me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's you just sort of regret, the way you things said out. that through
2: gritted teeth. There, yeah, exactly. much more I mean, I mean, you look at you look at some of like, like you said, some of the managers that came in, like Lee Boyer. I mean, knows, I mean, Lee Boyer knew knows the club, played for the mm. club for a, for a spell as well. He knew he knew the club. But, I mean, do you think it was down to like the boards? and the kind of owners why it didn't work for him or was it do you think it was just lee boyer not being a good manager or what
3: mm. i think it's a mix of all of them really yeah i think Boyer didn't work mainly because the fact that he didn't get along with some of the players he mm. brought in lyle taylor towards the end of the season he brought him in the transfer uh, january transfer window as alone um and apparently him and troy dean he didn't get along very well uh so that's why he obviously must have left and john eustace is now good friends with Troy Deeney so I feel like they are trying to work better as a team now so I feel like obviously you can't get rid of Troy Deeney but you can get rid of Lee Bowie you can sack him so which one's the more difficult one so you probably should get rid of Bowie and then bring in Eustace keep Troy happy and getting him playing at his best because I I do agree with that in some way even though it does feel a bit shit at times really, you know, because Troy Deeney on his day, you know, he's a proper, he's, he's an ex-Premier League striker, isn't
1: he?
2: He's a bully of a player, I mean I've always, I always remember that moment uh, Watford and Leicester that, mm. Deeney! <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I think Troy Deeney is a fantastic player mm. he, but he needs players around him it's going to create, he he, I mean okay, he scores a penalty, he, well he tries to break the ball every time he takes a penalty <laughs> but I think he's an old, old-fashioned striker, bully, yeah. nobody wants to play against him, but he's not got the players around him to to do that. I mean, that kind of question we'll kind of talk to in a minute, but the manager side of things, do you think John Eustace is the correct manager for Birmingham at this moment in time, or... Do you think he's another young manager that's going to be maybe cut onto the kind of wayside a wee bit? Or... I don't
3: know. I feel like he's the right manager for the group of players we've got right now. Mm. He's a likeable character. He's not like Bowie where he wants uh, results because Bowie's a winner. I think that's the yeah. biggest thing that we realised. I think like... His demand for players, I, I saw him a couple of times on the touchline, obviously being in the games a lot, you see a lot of what's happening. And like Bowie, he was always up on the touchline, barking out orders, trying to get the best out of people. And I think for yeah. people like Troy Deeney, obviously with him being the next premier League striker and being a very, I'd say, fairly successful one as well in the Premier League with his time at Watford, yeah. um, gotten to an FA Cup final and everything, I feel like that's his sort of role, he's a winner as well. So having two clashed sort of egos or... Eagles, uh, yeah. Yeah, personalities, it's like difficult for both of them to get along and with Lyle Taylor, Lyle Taylor's a Lee Bowyer signing that he's got a big ego and a big personality as well, he wants to win all the time I feel like the easiest thing to do at the time was to get rid of Bowyer and send back Lyle Taylor and bring in John Eustace to try and keep Troy Deeney happy because, you know, it's just the easiest option I think in the end because I liked them all, I thought Lyle Taylor was a great striker, you know, played with Charlton, played with Forrest, very good striker Lee Bowyer, Blues legend, is an absolute all out winner, always wants to win. You saw that with him at West Ham and Newcastle as well. Yeah. And then Troy Dean is the same. But you know, it just it probably just didn't work in the dressing room. And obviously we're not we we don't have access to the dressing room with any of the fans. So we all we can do really is guess, really. So that's sort of the it's what you could sort of gather really from on the pitch. I feel like John Eustace works with the team really though, because they they seem to respect him. I feel that's a good thing to have in them. Same, thing um, for sure.
2: Some couple of scores coming through just now. So, we've got Real Madrid are playing Valencia in the uh, La Liga just now. Still 0 0. This will go for Real Madrid and the Copa Italia. Big one tonight, Juve versus Lazio. 1 0 to Juventus and Bremer, the Brazilian uh, centre back, I believe. Bremer mm-hmm. and scored on the 44th minute. So, Jonah, do you want to ask the, the final question for our guest tonight? You're muted. <laughs>
3: <Whoops>. <laughs> um, on this yeah
0: on this one do you believe the current crop of players are good enough to drag you away from the relegation battle i've got a few to add on this because
3: i think so yes because they've demonstrated a couple of times this season that they can finish well they can reach the heights of sixth and seventh and those type of positions in the championship um we just at the moment have suffered from coming back from an international break and everybody just looks a bit injured, a little bit deflated, a little bit exhausted. Scott Hogan's come back from injury recently and he's not looked himself. Um, we had a game against Blackburn the other night in the cup replay. I thought we were absolutely abysmal. I didn't think that we had the pace or anything in the whole game. Really, We had a couple of chances. We created chances in around the box. Our passing and our ability on the ball though was just completely off, which is really surprising considering where we were earlier in the season. But like, yeah. towards like September and October times, we were absolutely flying. You couldn't stop us really. Um, mm. Getting points against the top seeing top teams and winning the games comfortably, pretty much. I just feel like we 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 suffered from not having that stability behind us in getting a January transfer window player in because like we've bought Cadra, He looks great. I've never doubted really the um, the recruitments at the club. It's always been very good, you know. And even through the academy, like I said, we've had Jude Bellingham, we've had Nathan Redmond, Jordan Mutz, Jack Butland. We've had some incredible youngsters two, come through.
0: Two I wanted to bring up was obviously I'm, I'm a Manchester United fan, and you you had Chong last year. Now you made that mm. permanent, so um, he's a, he was a decent signing for you. And then obviously you got one of my favourite like youth players in Hannibal mm. on loan. Mm. Uh, how are they getting on, like?
3: I was very impressed with both of them when they first arrived. So Chong, when he first arrived, was absolutely great. Speed, power, looks fantastic, full of energy. Um, Same with Hannibal when he first arrived. Speed, power, energy. You know, his ability to press players into difficult situations and win the ball, you know, he was fantastic. I just feel like the the Championship, with them being so many games back-to-back, both of them really are struggling with, like, keeping up to the speed of the Championship and the intensity of the Championship. 'Cause there's some big tough players in there. It's not as technical as the Premier League. It's not as slowed down. I feel like we're struggling at the moment with playing the wrong style of football. We're playing very route one football at the moment, which, you know, this fan base is used to that. You know, we can we can have, enjoy a bit of kick and rush here and there. But like the best football we played this season was definitely through Bealey Hannibal and Chong, where they got on the ball and they started making chances down on the floor. But now we're going to this sort of weird In the air, type of football all the time, and it's difficult for them to be in the game, really. I feel like what we need to do is go back to that football at the start of the season. But I feel like they're just too tired or too deflated at the moment to keep up that intensity because obviously the Championship's 46 games back to back. You've got league you've got cup games in between as well. So it's tough for them, but they are, they're they're not, they're not, they're definitely not, I can't word it now. They are trying. It's not like they're not trying. You can see that in them. It's definitely that, is for sure.
0: I was, I was thinking about it the other day, that obviously after the Ericsson injury, and I was thinking about who they could potentially recall for that position, and I, mm. that was the name that came... I thought, would they would they think about recalling Hannibal if they didn't get a midfielder on deadline day? So luckily we did. Um, but I just wondered where, where you thought he was at. Mm. Um, yeah, any other players that shined out this season?
3: Um, I think most of our players in terms of the youngsters look great George Hall um who Troy Deeney was weirdly trying to sort of talk to other clubs about selling him on at one point I can't remember what (laughs) podcast he was on that was I was like come on Troy what you doing man just don't say those things even if you are you know just keep it to yourself man you don't need to be coming out about those sort of things you make yourself look a tit really um (laughs) he looks good um Alfie Chang the other night for us looks great you know full of energy this is the thing with the championship we just need to keep players rotated we need to make sure that they are getting the minutes then make sure that they're fully fit if that means dropping a few of the first team players for some of the youngsters to get a bit of spark into them get a bit of energy into them and try and mold them into a bit of a first team player because it's always good to have as many as possible no matter how young they are um i mean jude bellingham was 16 when he left us so like We can always do that with other players. We've got Alfie Chang I think 17, Jordan James is 18 who come on and got the equaliser for us in the first game against Blackburn. You know, we need to rely on those. No, no, wrong word. We need to sort of believe in them more and give them better chances rather than giving them two minutes at the end and knackering all our first team players and then giving very little time for the youngsters to give any impact in the game and that's what we really need to do we need to try and focus on how to survive this championship season because we're not going to get promoted anymore we're not going to go and finish in the high end of the top half of the table we need to just focus on what's the biggest issue at now what the pitch really and then hopefully in praying to god that everything behind the scenes can all just sort itself out yeah
2: yeah um i was just going to say see i'm um, kind of looking at your, your team here just now do you do you think a lack of Goals is hampering you this season as well. I mean your top goal scorer Scott Hogan. Like you said, he's just back from injury, he's got nine goals this season. Mm. That is do you think that's a bit of an issue? I mean dini has got six goals and three of them have been three or four have been penalties. Yeah. Do you think there's do you think there could be do you think it's a, maybe a standout? It could maybe come through from the youth like you said, from the reserve team, it can maybe make an impression like
1: mm. like
2: he, like Jude like Bellingham, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a triangle, like Jude Belling kind of burst out of the scene, done what he'd done, got his big move. But mm. do, you think, do you think that could make or break your season if there's nobody there who's going to put the ball in the back of the net, basically?
3: Yeah, I feel like that is a big issue because people were talking on Twitter the other day about potentially bringing in another striker. And that's why we're not getting a lot of Taylor back because obviously he's, I think he's on a free now as well from Forrest.
2: Yeah, you yeah, released
3: mm. So, like, we didn't go back for him because of possibly the issues that Troy Deeney has with him. So that's a little bit of an annoying thing. It could have been a player we could have got in to have a a bit of a push to make sure we don't get relegated because that's still way that is still really a possibility. People really need to understand that because, I mean, like we were talking about earlier about Everton getting relegated and not coming back, that could happen for us. You know, we get relegated into League One, that could be it for us as well. So with goal scorers on the pitch, we do have goal scorers, whether it's they're in form though. I mean that's the thing with any players really, but Scott Hogan's a good goal scorer. He's a good, uh, good fox in the box. Steenie's a yeah. good, hard, solid, battle away type of striker. Um, Lucas Jukovic has been in fantastic uh, just form. To, for us. Just
2: to say, Jukovic, I mean I remember his team at the uh, Motherwell, and he mm. was a handful, an yeah, absolute did, a yeah. handful, but. Again, what I mean, he's about th- late thirties now, isn't he? Uh, mid
3: thirties, yeah. He's thirty three, I think now, or thirty four. Uh, same age as me then. <laughs> yeah, Joy <laughs> is in his thirties, and so, yeah. so Scott Hogan. So but yeah, it's an old front line. To I honest. was
2: about to say that's a bit of an old front line, but it's, I mean it's goal scorers as well. I mean Hogan, like, he says scored go- goals is. up and down. Yeah, you've got team Dini who scored up and got uh, goals up and down the country as well, mm. and Yukovits. But that's what I'm saying. They think. Like you said, Hogan's just back from injury. It's going to take maybe a couple of weeks to get back into the kind of swing of things.
1: Mm.
2: And like you said, the championship is like Saturday, here, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Saturday. So same. many games, isn't it? So many games in a short space of time. That's I think that could possibly be Birmingham's kind of downfall if they've not got a goal scorer who's going to put the ball in the and back that's of the the net. sort
3: of That's the sort of worry I get from this season, unlike other seasons we've had before is I'm seeing a pattern with the two seasons when we got relegated and the Europa League season where we just, we filter out towards the end of the season. We haven't got the legs, we haven't got the players. We start playing some weird positions. Like, we've always put players in, like, really strange positions, like, but in terms of, like, what it might come to the end of the season if we can't even put a fucking 11 out on the pitch, it's like... (laughs) We're gonna to have to battle it away, and we need to start winning some games. We're on a six-run—I
2: think it's six games—we've yeah, not won. Yeah, just now. at. It, so I think it's at five or six games you're um, and being, and beat, not And You've beat, lost all of them, yeah. And you're not scored many goals as well. That's no, and it's that's what I it's, think that's yeah. what it's going to boil down to. It's it is scary times for Birmingham fans. Yeah. I mean, so I'll ask you kind of kind of final kind of question: mm. Do you think you'll get relegated this season, or do you think you'll survive?
3: I
1: think you'll be to... another. I really I'm hope not a it's last. last year.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I remember we didn't we didn't we got relegated at White Hart Lane that day in 2011 and we didn't watch the game because my dad mm. thought it would be a bit too uh hectic for all of us. I think I was still 8 at the time. My brother was about 4, 5 maybe. Yeah. Um uh, so we didn't watch him. we got back and we realized we were relegated. That was absolutely heartbreaking. I feel like with this one though however, if we were to get relegated it would be like I don't know. It would. It wouldn't even be like heartbreaking. It would just be like there's, there's such an apathetic feeling around the club at the moment. It's like yeah. the whole campaigns to try and get the club, uh, the owners to sell up the club. It's it's an effort. It really is. It's difficult and it's really winding people down. So I feel like if we got relegated, it would just be like not not another thing. Like it, it just it just be the biggest kick in the teeth ever. Because honestly, we've yeah. we've struggled away so much these last few seasons to get relegated this season. It would just be like. We can't buy a win anywhere. Like literally we we, we were so close, us and Villa in twenty eight twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. We were literally like neck and neck with each other. You look at us now, we're absolutely light years away from each other. Like Villa are in the Premier League. They're buying players like Coutinho and Buendir, and they've got managers who've had like Gerard and Emery and those type of people. You look at us and we've just gone the complete other way. It's like it's just it always feels so unfair sporting the blues. It's like you have one good thing, right? Here's another. 10 bad things that <laughs> happens here really it's,
2: it's that it's, it's that carving cup i tell you it's, it's jinxed
3: <sighs> we've had a lot of jinxes at the club recently because <laughs> like, we've had that we had that curse on the ground as well so like barry fry used to have yeah. to go around the pitch and have a wee in each corner to try and get rid of the <laughs> try and get rid of the curse
2: i don't remember reading about that That, is that <laughs> is. I'm sorry about that as well.
3: it's amazing like the, the we're we're an amazing club we really are like more you read into it that's why i recommend you highly recommend you, uh, recommend you readings like almagir's post that he does on his website yeah i'm not, I'm not promoting him I'm like, I, I, he's uh not associated with if you give, if you give us the links we'll put it in the comments <laughs> <laughs> that's why i would love i'm a filmmaker myself for those that are watching like, i would love to make a netflix mini docuseries on all of this because like the stuff that's happened behind the clubs it's just like it's unbelievable it's incredible i mean like the um this uh almagir guy daniel ivory when the i can't remember what his position was at the club now but the guy was called Dong Ren. He got, he eventually was, uh, I think he was sacked by the owners in the end, but they had this, I don't know what it was called. It was like a warehouse at the back that had all of his old stuff in and they invited him in the people pretty much from the club. I think it was, I can't remember who it was at the club who invited him in now, but they, they got him to go for all of his stuff. And he's seen that he's been paying like a Netflix accounts through the club's bank accounts. There's like <laughs> all sorts of stuff. That's, I'm telling you, you should read his articles. They are the most wow. amazing things ever. Yeah, have a look at it. Google him, Daniel Ivory, Armager. It's, oh it's incredible. Like the the stuff you can read up on it. And that's why, if anybody, if there's a Netflix watching this, I'd love to make a documentary. I'd like. You have literally... Netflix bosses
2: get get Blues focus on. They'll do a They'll do our... <laughs> Don't I do my blog. He will do, do, he'll do it for free <laughs>
3: Literally, yeah. I, I've got all my, my portfolios on the website. I have made my own stuff. I'm at university now. I I would love to make a documentary on this. I could definitely do that. I'd all be all nothing. for that. All That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Amazon, Amazon. If you're watching this, Disney Plus. If you're watching this, yeah. All <laughs> of them. A, we've got a few. We've got a few Rexon fans <laughs> in the back. We'll get. We'll get in touch with Ryan Reynolds and Dot. Da- uh, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> as well. <laughs>
3: I mean, like, the Sunderland Till I Die or Leeds ones look like a Disney film compared to ours. Ours would be, yeah. like, Breaking Bad or Peaky Yours just just more like, like American that. Horror Story. Yeah, literally, yeah.
0: <laughs> that Sunderland Till I Die is really good.
3: Because mm, that's good. a different one to the Leeds one, isn't it? Because Leeds are on the way back up and they're starting to redevelop. Yeah. And obviously, it's a happy ending in the end, even though they do lose to Derby in the semi-final. We you see Sunderland, it's just such a struggle. I mean like I've watched that and thought, yeah, you're not as bad as the blues though. Like at least you're <laughs> you've at got some I... hope at least. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm
2: doing a lot like, better now like... this season.
3: Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> fact,
0: uh, thanks for watching, guys. Uh Blues Focus. Where can we find you, mate?
3: You can find us on YouTube at Blues Focus TV. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh I don't know the ads for that particularly. There's all the weird sort of underlinks or whatever it is into the ads It'll that be in confuse the me. <laughs> they will be in the comments. Yeah. Um we do I do a regular match day vlog. You can come and watch this. It's um it's getting some good attraction now. Uh we'd also do a podcast, myself included, with Zach and Jamie. We're great guys. We put a podcast out last night. Uh it was a good funny one. We did a um a, like the best team we can make from the last three seasons. Uh which was helpful. an interesting one yeah it was surprisingly it was actually a decent team it's the fact that we've just been playing so badly in those last three seasons it's like have we been playing so badly then <laughs> but yeah you can find us all at those links uh be sure to come and subscribe to us uh we're very interactive with our audience so uh come leave come leave us some uh abuse when we lose 4-0 in the next game against Swansea. <laughs> uh uh,
0: so uh,
2: Chris where can we find you uh, you can find me on twitter at chris underscore what 89 and you can find me here on the football nation podcast
0: yep uh, and you can you know where you can find me Jolo.tv on twitter uh, at road to legends fm which is currently going on now and uh, the football nation podcast uh, make sure you smash that like button smash that subscribe button turn that bell on so you never miss an upload this is your the football nation your home of all thing
1: football good night
3: sports social podcast network